You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. If you brought your Bibles this evening, let's turn to the book of uh, Genesis chapter 28. Book of Genesis chapter 28. How many people brought your Bibles tonight? Show me. What is that, a phone? You're showing me a phone. You're a Bible, man. It's a Bible. It's got pages. It's a book. Mom, we'll talk later. Help a brother out. Hallelujah. Bring your Bible to church to make sure I'm not reading out of the Quran or the you know, Book of Mormon. We need to read from our Bibles. Hallelujah. Praise God. Book of Genesis chapter 28, starting at verse 10. Uh, Moses and uh, God were on top of Mount Sinai, and uh, right there uh, began a conversation. God spoke to Moses and said, Moses, I have rules and regulations I want you to write down and share with my people. Moses replied, sure thing, God, what are they? God replied, love me above all things. Don't use my name in vain and go to church. Moses said, yeah, absolutely, that sounds right. God continued and said, honor your father and mother. Moses replied, good doctrine. God continued and said, thou shalt not kill, commit adultery, or steal. Moses said, okay. Jesus, uh, God continued and said, don't lie, don't lust over things of your neighbor that you don't have. Moses said, that makes sense. Now write those things down, God said, and send it to me as an email. And he paused. Wait a minute, I'm getting ahead of myself. Now here's this whole thing, right? Moses is on an opportunity to hear from God. And the truth is, is that when we have an encounter with God, it's something that can be beyond what we could ever imagine. How many know if, if God spoke to Moses and said, email something, he would have, his brain would have exploded. What does email mean? Moses, this is going to be a computer and Wi-Fi, and it would just be, right? But the truth is, is that that ought to be the experience every time that we come face to face with God. And it is those God moments that we can experience that will direct our whole lives and draw us closer to what He has for us. Now, I wonder this evening, how many of you have had a God moment? Have had a moment where God... In a moment of you just living your life, rocks up in your scenario and begins to show you things you'd never thought of, you'd never you know, dreamed of. In the passage of scripture we're about to read, it is entitled Jacob's Vow at Bethel. And it mentions a stairway to heaven. What we're going to read and what we're going to explore is the reality of having a God moment and how it can propel us towards God and godliness for the rest of our lives. Book of Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 through to 16, the Bible says these words, Now Jacob went out from Bathsheba and went towards Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of the place and put it at his head and he laid down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed 
and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its tops reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Verse 14. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Uh, then Jacob awoke, and I want you to fix your mind on this. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. God moments. I want to firstly focus on the reality of life. Because life can become very, uh, you know, very repetitive. We wake up, we have breakfast, and for some you'll have maybe some cereal or you actually, uh, you know, uh, spend a little bit more time and make some bacon and eggs uh, and now we're all getting hungry. Uh, and then you'll get ready, go to work, uh, live your day out, you know, at work and then you'll come back, uh, you'll have some dinner and then you go to sleep and you'll do that day in, day out for weeks, months, years, decades until some pass away. It can be very repetitive. We can get into a habitual lifestyle of doing things out of pure habit, not even considering or thinking. And what this speaks about is just a general momentum of life. If you travel with public transportation, you'll find the same people uh, at the same time uh, doing the same thing and sometimes even wearing the same clothes like superheroes. I only have one uh, t-shirt, one shirt, one tie, uh, and this is how they look. This is what they wear every day. Um, and this life, uh, uh, if we're not careful, we can get caught in. Uh, and ultimately through that, when something stops, when something changes, everything goes haywire. Life begins to get pear-shaped. We've all been there where we all jump on the M1 and traffic should flow only to find out there's someone that's had a car accident. There's some traffic, uh, you, know, uh, there's, uh, you know, they're doing some uh, work on the road and something stops. It's something on the tracks and the trains don't move. Uh, and We don't like surprises. Can everybody say amen? We don't like when things throw the day off. Uh, but what you need to understand uh, is that life within itself has the potential of getting out of our control. And the choices that we make today affect our tomorrow. Uh, and what we're reading in this passage of Scripture is that Jacob finds himself in Haran. He's in a place where his character led him to it. it was, it's a place where he, through his choices, through his own uh, 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 own choices that he made led him to be there uh, and he is uh, running away from his problems. How many have ever done that? You think, you know what? I need a holiday. I've had enough. You know, I've been studying all week, all month. Uh, I need a couple of days off. And we think, you know what? I'm just going to try to escape and this is exactly the mentality that Jacob uh, was searching for. Now, how many know there's a little Jacob in all of us? That when things get hard, after making very 
miscalculated choices. We can find ourselves on the run. In fact, Jacob, we know, is a supplanter. He was manipulative. He did things to try to get his own way. And I'm sure there's nobody like that here tonight. But the truth is that we, you know, we've seen or even experienced that in our own personal lives. We can do this with money. It's like, what can I do to be able to make sure I get top dollar? Begin to deceive, write things on our resume that we've not really done. Elaborate, just stretch the truth a little bit. The fish was, we can do this in our marriage. It's like, I will be focused on you and only you. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, well, wait a minute, you know. Make sure that it works out. So long as you do what I say, then we'll be, we'll be a happy married couple, a happy wife, happy life. Uh, uh, but, you know, th- this can become our character. It can be bleeding into our church where we think, you know what, uh, I'm going to come to church and God, you need to do this and you need to do that. And instead of praying, uh, we've got a checklist of what we want God to do for our lives in order for us to become obedient and serve Him wholeheartedly. Uh, and yet uh, uh, this mentality is geared because we want to gain control. We want to make sure that both hands, we have them on the wheel and we're steering our life to where we want to go. The truth is, is that God brings Jacob, and this is the life that Jacob was living. There were things that he wanted, that he did everything in his power to make sure that he would obtain. And as a result, he's running and fleeing for his life. And God brings him to a place where he would reveal something beyond his wildest imagination. That had to do with a stairway to heaven. Now, could you imagine that? That at that very moment, the Bible says that when he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set on the earth and its top reached to the heaven, heaven And that the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Could you imagine what that would look like? Like that just reveals so much more than we could ever imagine. Now there is a spiritual realm that is going on every single second of every single day. And the truth is, is that we live our lives just absolutely, uh, uh, you know, naive to that reality. What I believe God was trying to reveal to Jacob is that he is in so much more control than we could ever imagine. Angels going up and down, the angels that are maintaining the world, keeping things in check. We're just doing our things, trying to get ahead, uh, develop our lives, uh, get a career and uh, uh, get a boyfriend, a girlfriend. And, 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 you know, this is our pursuit. uh, And in the midst of all that, God's saying, let me just show you something. Let me just switch this on for you. Now, this is our battle. We love to be in control. Free will thinks, I have better ideas than God. We've all heard it and been there when Peter said, not so, Lord. <laughs> you know, he's saying, you're going to deny me. No, nah, not me. Uh, you know, that's not going to happen. We have Jonah. The Bible says uh, uh, God spoke to him. You need to go to Nineveh. Jonah said, uh, no, thank you. Uh, Jeremiah, he's the whinging prophet. Uh, uh, God said, before uh, uh, you, you were born, I destined you for great things. And he said, you know what? I can't do it. I quit. Uh, you have Elijah that uh, after doing a miraculous work, uh, fire 
fire from heaven, uh, consuming 400 prophets of Baal. Uh, he says, you know what? I'm over this. Uh, kill me now because this is too hard. It's too difficult. In other words, they're saying those, all those statements is, I'm out of, out of control. I don't have control over these situations. God brings Jacob to the crossroads of life. Something we all need to experience, a God moment. Something you need to realize in your own life. That while, yes, you make decisions, you made a decision to come to church tonight. But can I tell you that way beyond that, God has been orchestrating things so that you would come and have a God moment with Him. So that He would be able to reveal to you something you could never have imagined. The fact that He could transform you from the inside out, break addictions, uh, give you a direction and a purpose and a destiny that you could never imagine. Oh, that is a God moment. And that happens when we come in contact with the God that we serve. So let's look secondly this evening at God moments that change us. Because what we have here is an intellect of God and the intellect of man. And when you put those things together, the truth is, is that it doesn't even measure up. Jacob says, surely God is in this place and I had no clue that he was here. How many have ever been there? Where it's like, you are doing things and you're trying to live out your life and orchestrate things so it's best for you. And you come to that place where either it would be at church or you open your Bible, or you're in prayer and God just, just, just releases a little touch and says, let me just show you of what I'm about and what I'm doing. And you realize God is so much bigger than I am. It just reveals, we have a limited understanding. It was in the book of Job, chapter 38, verse 4, uh, that after his whinging, Job is complaining uh, and saying, you know what, this is not right. Uh, I've lost my family. Uh, I've lost my livestock. I've lost uh, so much. Uh, and, and where were you, God? And God just absolutely puts his finger in his chest and says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me. If you have understanding, that's profound. Here is a, a God that is trying to bring that understanding. You have no idea about who I am and what I can do. Now, what's interesting in regards to uh, the vow at Bethel is that this can be interpreted as the house of God. It's amazing at how the house of God becomes a portal for the supernatural. Can you, can you agree with that? That it's when we're in the house of God that something transpires better than any sci-fi movie. We're talking about a face-to-face -face encounter with God. And this is the house of Bethel. This is the house of God that God is going to speak through and bring revelation. Jeremiah and the potter's house. Jeremiah said, you know what? Arise and go to the potter's house. I'm going to teach you something about who I am. And we know the story. Jeremiah goes there and God begins to show him a man on a potter's wheel with clay there. And he's touching and he's moving things and he's spinning things around. And in the process of that, God's saying, I am in control. And it would be insane for the clay to say to the potter, hey, do you know what you're doing? He's touching, he's grabbing, he's shaping, he's molding. And we think, you don't know what you're up to. It's in the house of God where 
A supernatural portal is opened. Psalms 122 verse 1. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Psalms 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Listen to me. The things that you can discover in the house of God, the things that can be made real to you in the house of God is better than any advice you could get out there or in library or on Google uh, Amen to that. A supernatural portal where God can have an encounter with you. Where you can have an encounter with God. And why is it that we struggle? Why is it that we, I mean, it's like Sunday morning. Oh, man. We just had a finished conference. And... You know, I'm not a, now, a night owl. I like to be in bed by like 8.30, 9 o'clock. I know. I need my beauty sleep, okay? It just needs to stay. Things need to stay in place getting to that age. And so, you know, we went out at conference every single night. And morning guy hated night Michael. He was like, Night Michael was like, let's just party. And morning Michael was like, you need to get up first thing in the morning tomorrow. We're going to be sermonizing with some of the pastors. And I'm telling you, it was like a resurrection every morning. Like that alarm went up. Doo, 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 and I just felt God. It's hard. Getting up and you're there. You're trying to like, you know, get the mind of God. Oh, I'm going to sermonize. But how many know that we do these things because we know it's best for us? That when we have had an encounter with God, there's nothing like it. Sleep. What is sleep? Right? We think, I want to hear from God. I'm going to have an encounter with God. And not even sleep is going to stop me from experiencing that. Matthew 16, 18. And also I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock. I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. This is a powerful word imagery that Jesus brings his disciples to one of the most pagan places where they would sacrifice little babies and throw them into the water until the water ran red. And this is the most pagan place there with all these different altars and idols there. And Jesus says, you look at all that and he said, not even that comes close. Not even that can stop what I can do through a people who have a revelation about who I am. Let me ask you this evening. Who is Jesus to you? Is he just a man? Is he just a teacher or a prophet? Or is he a God that has transformed your life? God moments, because once you've had a taste of God, it, I mean, nothing compares. The Bible says that Enoch in the book of Genesis was and then he was not. Because God loved him and said, I, I want you up here with me. In the book of Genesis chapter 6, Noah walked with God. And this is why we know that 
God chose Noah to be the chosen vessel to uh, uh, you know, save his uh, family and start once again after the great flood. It was in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham, uh, God spoke to him and said, I will bless those uh, uh, who bless you, I will curse those who curse you. All these God moments that these normal men had, Moses in Exodus chapter 33, show me your glory. Jacob himself had this God moment. When was the last time you had a God moment? When was the last time God showed up in your life? Because the truth is, if we're not careful, we're running so fast. God's trying to show you things. God's trying to reveal things. He's trying to give you strategy and direction and we're on the run. Because it's in those God moments that God sets the direction of our lives. He, number one, gives us a focus. You know, we all need a focus. And it's amazing at how when we lose focus, there are so many things that come flooding in. And we've all been there, right? You're on the road and something flashes on your phone and you think, I'll just quickly check it. And you look to the left See where your phone is, and before you know it, you glance back and you're already going into somebody else's lane. Just a loss of focus. Just forgot to look for a split second. These God moments not only give us a focus, but they give us a direction. That direction, right? The direction of our life. Where are you heading? Jacob was on the run. And if he didn't have a God moment, God knows where he would be today. I thank God that Jesus came into my life and he transformed me. He gave me a direction. No longer am I seeking out pleasures, worldly pleasures and partying and all these. He's given me a direction in life and nothing compares to that. God moments th uh, thirdly gives us boundaries. You read through in the text and you read through in the, the Old Testament that every single time God showed up into a place, right? I want you to go down and speak to Pharaoh and you're going to say this to him. But immediately we're going to set the boundaries. Joshua, be of courage, be strong and of courage, you're going to take the land. And he was setting the boundaries. He was putting things in place that many of us just kind of don't even consider. And we just recently moved into a, a new area. And already everybody's parking around, you know, on the, on the street. I, I don't know about you, but it's like people have a double garage and... They, it's, it's the little house for, for a car. That's where your car's supposed to live, in the garage. Uh, and somehow something's going amiss. And so instead of putting the car in the, car, in the garage, they put people, clothes, uh, you know, uh, uh, another house. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like it's a whole different mentality. Some houses will put a shade cloth outside the garage for the car to park underneath. It's like that's what the garage... Anyway, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. So... In our other place in Arundel, there was more area, there was more curb. 
And sometimes our neighbours would just park at the front of our house. Like, yeah, this is fine. I'll just, I'll just park my car here. It was a fence. Offensive. Who are you? Why are you at the front of my house? You know, there are boundaries for a reason, right? Like, you cross the line. You are not, you're on my property now. We've all been, we get to a garage, a car park, and all of a sudden there's a, a person on two, taking up two bays. You think, you spawn of Satan. They just park a little, and you're there like, okay, everybody's out the windows. You're climbing out because you can't, it's too tight. There are boundaries for a reason. And it's those God moments that God begins to say, listen, I want to give your life focus. I want to set your life in a direction, and that's going to require you to live inside of these boundaries. So let's look thirdly and in closing at our future and our destiny in God. Because our future and destiny in God, despite our failures, despite our flaws, God is able to use our lives. And despite the fact Jacob is on the run, he is manipulated, he is deceived, he has done things only to benefit himself. It's a, here is God saying, I want to show you something because I can still use your life. Now, here's something you need to be aware of. The God moments will come, but it's what we do after that determines our destiny. Don't get too casual if you've had a God moment. You know, it's amazing to me. We'll have so many altar calls. And people will come down and they'll cry and there'll be snot and there'll be tears. And then they'll get up and leave and back to the old ways. It's like, what happened here? Is that not schizophrenic? Like, did, not, did you just not have an encounter with God? And we think, oh, you know what? I'm sure that'll come again. Don't get too casual with God. He's ready to speak. He's ready to reveal. Here is there with Jacob. And, and listen to me, no doubt Jacob was, had his own plans in, in his own mind. And God says, I'm going to show you something. And God forbid, he goes, oh yeah, a little stairway to heaven. That's pretty cool. All right, let's go back to where I was. It's like, no, 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 no. God's revealing something to you. Don't get too casual. Jacob's life lesson. Haran was an encounter with God, was a God moment. And if he did not process that God moment of God revealing to him, I am in control. I am orchestrating things way beyond what you could ever imagine. He was going to come face to face in contact with Uncle Laban. Don't we love Uncle Laban? Right? Uncle Laban. And what I love about the story of Uncle Laban is that phrase, and lo, it was Leah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're reading the story. He's there. He's infatuated with Rachel. She's going to be my bride, my wife. We're going to spend all of eternity together. And lo, it was Leah. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. How many know you need to stay saved in times like that? It's like... Delicate eyes. 
We have, you, I mean, you do your own interpretation of what that means. <laughs> but, oh, those are the situations. You're going to say, God, I need your help. Seven years, I've worked hard. I've disciplined myself. I have done what's right. And, lo, it was Leah. I mean, give me some help. But see, it's those encounters with God that keeps you saved, right? Later on, you will read the story that Jacob is going and fleeing with everything that Uncle Laban worked very hard for. But as he's leaving now, all of a sudden he's there and Esau is going to meet with him. His brother. His brother that he stole birthright and stole the blessing of God. And now it's like, Ooh, what do I do now? And we know the story that Jacob's thinking, okay, Leah, you go towards Esau. <laughs> you head toward, directly to it. So if we lose that, that's collateral. Uh, and <laughs> that'll be all right. Now, Rachel, you go the, the, the uh, you, you just avoid. And he's already scheming. He's planning things. He's trying to still remain in control. Uh, and yet here is God showing him when Esau, he, he falls with, he wants to, you know, uh, restore that relationship. Uh, and what a beautiful moment that is between two brothers because there is God revealing once again, I'm so much in control of your life. Let's go back to our text. Jacob is running. And finally he stops because the sun has set. And it's in that moment where he stood still that God begins to reveal to him his plans. Can I just say to you this evening that it's when we stop running that we give enough, we give enough time for God to show us things that we'd never stopped, uh, that, that we'd never considered. Can I encourage you, stop running. God has revealed something to you. The best thing you can do is just wait on Him. In your marriage, you know, you're struggling in your marriage. Listen, stop fighting. Stop, start, you know, sparking up fires. Just stop for a moment. Just breathe. You're in debt. Stop spending. Right? There's so many things. We just we continue to get ourselves in trouble. But listen, it was the moment that Jacob just stopped. That God said, okay, now it's time for me to reveal something powerful to you. Each and every one of us can have a God moment. And thank God that Jacob had an encounter with God that came at a time that would direct his life for all of eternity. You and I are here not by accident. This is not just because, well, we got nothing else to do on a Sunday night. No, listen to me. God wants to have an encounter with you. God wants to reveal something to you. Tonight can be your God moment. And can I say to you that these God moments are a reference for the rest of your life. These God moments are ones you can't forget. How do you forget a stairway to heaven? Angels ascending and descending. No, 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 no. That's something that keeps you focused, that keeps you continuing walking in God's way and living with the boundaries that God has designed you to be living in 
That is a God moment. Have you had a God moment? When was the last time you had a God moment? You and I can come in contact with the God that loves us, that has a plan for our lives. But will we stop just for a moment and allow Him to show us what He has for us? I want every head bowed and every eye closed. No one moving around just for a few moments.